Are you looking for a way to grow your B2B business or software company? Well, how about learning some of the best tips for content marketing, connecting with potential partners, and pitching your business? Well, if that's you and it sounds great, I invite you to join us on our upcoming B2B content marketing Q&A and speed dating podcast party. This is a live Zoom call for our community members and listeners to our podcast that can come along and you'll get to interact, learn something new, and then also have a chance to get expert advice and make valuable connections. All right, the session will be recorded and uh, published on our Authentic Influence podcast. All right, so register now and join us live on Zoom. The next event is coming up in a few weeks' time. Just head over to simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash podcast party. That's simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash podcast party to register. There's only 15 spots, so if you want to jump in, uh, go ahead and do that today. Hope to see you there real soon. Welcome to Authentic Influence with host Anthony Chansamuth, the show where we get real and share the stories and struggles, strategies and tactics of successful influencers and entrepreneurs so that you too can take action to create the life and business that you choose. And now over to Anthony. Welcome to Influence. This is Anthony Chansamuth from Simple Creative Marketing. And uh, today we are talking about how to increase online course conversions. So if you have an online course, if you're thinking about building an online course or you've got one already that's going and performing and you're selling it and, and that's all good and you just are thinking about how do I increase the number of conversions, I'm going to bring in my guest here who is an expert at uh, doing this. So um I've got Tom Lebelt, uh, who is the guy you call when your online course is not selling. <laughs> so he spends most of his time in Chiang Mai in Thailand. I'm a bit jealous about that. Um, and he is uh, he's the host of the Smart Brand Marketing Show. Um, in the past, Tom has published around 5,000 Kindle books, built a successful SEO business, owned a coffee shop, a retail store, a record label. That's cool. Uh, created a documentary and released two albums with five hits on top 10 Polish radio. Okay, maybe I'm going to get Tom to sing some songs for us. Um, he likes <laughs> to say that if you can't sell, then you're not in business. Uh, marketing and sales are the backbone of a company. Uh, the website uh, that you can check him out on is smartbrandmarketing.com or you can go to uh, wemarketonlinecourses.com and they both will get you there. So, Tom, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Nice intro. Thanks, man. Uh, I like to, uh, you know, edify <laughs> my guests when I can. Are you, I mean, you're sitting in Chiang Mai right now? Is that where you're at? I am in Phuket right now. Ah. Like, I'm overlooking the beach. <laughs> <laughs> we, for, for those of us who don't have that, we're jealous. Um, but uh, I, my wife and I spent a month in Kopangan, which is in, in one of the South Islands over there. And uh, oh, nice. Beautiful place, beautiful place. Um, uh, so let's talk about just maybe a bit of background for the audience here in terms of how did you even get into online courses, sales funnels, and all the things that you do? Where were you um, when you kind of jumped into this world? That was by accident. So when I was running the SEO company full-time, um, we were setting up a campaign for a gym in Atlanta. I was living in Atlanta at the time, and one of the managers was a Muay Thai champion. 
And we became friends and he was doing some one-on-one -on -one sparring and training and he didn't want to do that anymore because, you know, no one wants to, you know, trade time for money. So he asked me, and this was like seven, eight, oh, maybe nine years, like with every podcast, I'm like, how much longer has it been? But yeah, it's been many years ago. And he just goes, what if we put this stuff online? And back then we didn't have all the tools that are available now. So this was much more difficult. And I said, I don't know maybe but we did it. it took us like nine months to get everything wrapped up and you know um, selling but then <laughs> once we got that done he goes like now i want you to market it and i was like market what muay thai training online it was such a weird concept right because that's something you do at a gym so i think my first online course that i was kind of thrown into was like the most difficult niche you can imagine <laughs> like something people just don't do online and it was hard that took about two years to dial in because it was my first one too and people just did not want to really do it online it's like you know i'm going to teach you how to do brazilian jiu-jitsu online well how you know what i mean like it just doesn't make yeah. sense right so it was just a very difficult niche but once we got that going you know and he kind of talked me up a little bit i got a couple referrals then once i got my in a feet wet in that whole thing. I was like, you know what? I'm actually getting some good clients in this market. The SEO market is very unstable because of Google, right? That's you know, basically, and I didn't really like the SEO crowd much. There's like a lot of, you know, the SEO pros and all the spammy stuff going on. And I was like, you know, let me switch to online courses and, and things really took off. You know, like we were booked within, I think, weeks of me just going all in. And we've mm. been booked ever since. Like, I can't think of a month where we have more than one spot available that someone doesn't take up and, you know, pretty quickly. So it's been good for us. It's been good That's for amazing. us. But, it's, you know, it's, it's been a lot of iterations, though. That's, like, yeah. the main thing I want to, you know, mention here. Like, it's one thing getting one course out and marketing it or two, but getting a 100 going like you're you're going to go through some pains man um and then on the other end now when i see you know a course come up like i can with 80 percent certainty see if it's going to sell and mm. you know there's always going to be something like even now we had a campaign going perfectly for a client perfectly youtube ads facebook ads everything dialed in and facebook just you know wakes up one day and says, we're going to change up your targeting, your audiences, and pause your ads without you knowing it. And, you know, moments like that, it's like, okay, you know, back to work. And it's because of all these changes that happen um, that are out of your control. So even when you've got stuff dialed in, right? Like, and I, I see this with course creators, you know, they'll be like, well, can you just set this up for us and, you know, make it work? I'm like, sure, that's what I want to do. I want to set it up and walk away evergreen. But these things will happen. And I always tell them, either your ad's going to burn out, your audience needs to change, or just one of these platforms is going to just, just destroy your business overnight and it needs to be fixed. So taking that on yourself is often just very difficult, you know, because not only do you have to get all of your course stuff and customer service right and educating, but now you got to be on top of all the platforms just messing with your, like, dialed in, advertising as well yeah it really sucks to be in the, at the mercy of a of a channel right so if you when you're like oh 
Facebook is where we're going to get all the, the acquisition. That's where it's all going to happen. Let's run ads. Uh, and then, like you say, if the algorithm changes or they want to prioritize something new or the targeting shifts, um, that becomes a, a major roadblock. Um, and I've heard of people like horror stories where you kind of go, oh, we literally lost, you know, uh, a five figure or six figure income overnight because something changed. Um, well, certainly in the SEO world, with like uh, Google, uh, uh, Google updates like Panda and these other things that are going on. Um, I'm sure you've seen some of that. So, yeah. So, so the thing like, you know, that we've done, like this client didn't even know this, something's wrong, right? Cause we, we do an omni-channel marketing at all times. Like we, we, we're doing advertising on AdWords, on YouTube, on Facebook, but I'm just saying like, you know, I know that one of his best performing ads was on Facebook. And, you know, I started seeing a lot of Twitter, you know, like noise yesterday that people's like campaigns been blocked and paused overnight and i looked and i was like yeah one client you know his best ad same thing happened you know but again you can't rely on one channel like we we, we never do that um again he didn't even know this like we just gotta either fix his facebook now or we have to do a better job on the other channels to kind of you know make up for it um but it's a constant thing, right? Like with marketing, you know, because we spoke a little bit before the call, like, you know, I did some talk two years ago and things changed. Man, things change every week. <laughs> like it's, you, you, can't, you can't just, you know, stay coasting for a long time here. And that's yep. one of the only reasons I still take on clients mm. is, you know, because we were running stuff with my company and I'd much rather set up my own campaigns, you know, make, can make more money, but... I have found no better way to kind of sharpen the saw other than still take on two, three, maybe four clients a month. Cause you know, you can't see all this stuff happening with just one campaign. You get kind of complacent. You yeah. Know, keeps... Things are working and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. This keeps you on your toes, man. Cause like, you, you'll have, like... <laughs> and, and there's weeks where I really sit around and be like, wow, this is super easy. I don't have to do anything. I'm making money. And then back of my head, I'm like, what's going to happen? Like what is going to happen soon? Right. Cause I, I'm just watching oh. and it always does. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so let's talk about some of the things that, that, um, for those for reference, I mean, I'm, I'm going to, I'll link to your 2019 talk because there's still some, I think fundamental elements you talked about in there, which still apply today. Um, but certainly things have changed, right? Uh, one of the things you talked about or the way you opened that talk was actually you talked about selling courses on Udemy. Um, is that still a relevant strategy in, 20, in 2022? Um, it, you know, it, it, is it, uh, if someone's wanting to launch a course, is that where they should go? Or do you recommend people do something else now? Well, you know, if you remember that talk, like I did, didn't talk very nicely about Udemy and I still don't. Like the, the whole point of, of, you know, me mentioning marketplaces is like, look, if you don't know how to market, and you just you're like really out of you know out of depth with it. You have no budget. Go on Udemy. They'll they'll do you know the marketing for you. But you're going to devalue your course. You're going to devalue yourself, and you're going to have a very very difficult time taking those courses and then selling them for a premium anywhere else later on. Especially if people can just Google you, which most do, and be like, well, and I've I've had this happen to clients who've tried. Um, why would I buy this for 500 bucks when you're selling this garbage on Udemy for 10 bucks? Like during webinars. 
And I told yeah. him, I was like, well, it, it's going to happen, you know, because a, a big portion of my clients back then, it's not as much now because I just don't want to take them on as much as, you know, hey, I'm selling a quarter million dollars on Udemy and they keep messing with me. One one day it's, you know, uh, 80,000 a month, one month it's 20,000 reviews are disappearing. I need to get off this platform. <laughs> I'm like, man, like, you know, you've sold to how many thousands of people already they all know you as a ten dollar guy and i'll be trying to do a five hundred dollar course right so anytime you know we're advertising those and and usually you know these will sell sell through like webinars or other things like there's gonna be a lot of responses of people being like you know this stuff is like worth 10 bucks isn't it and it's, it's very difficult right so udemy is just you know it's I, you know, I guess you could use it, you know, to get some ideas validated. Like I would maybe, you know, put out, hey, it's like lean SEO, right? You will write, you know, 10 pieces of content, very thin, you know, just do really good on page, put it out. And next month, you're going to check all this content, see what's ranking by itself, and then double down. Maybe I would use Udemy in that way. And the guys I've seen doing well on it, they've had 80, 90 courses, right? Yeah. So you sort of could, you know, do this like lean online course approach. And I'm like, look, I'm just going to put out, you know, the minimum viable product like I would do with a sauce. And I would put out a couple of them, not one, maybe like 15, 20. And within two, three months, I would check back which one's selling, take it off of Udemy and make something good out of it. Maybe yeah. that could be a decent you know, way of pulling this off. What would be an alternative? So if you someone's listening to this and saying, okay, I get it, it's going to damage sort of reputation, it's going to positioning, it takes a hit if I'm selling a $10 course, obviously, for a marketplace like that. Um, so where, where, how would you do it that differently? Would you say go and run ads to, to your course? Like what's, what's a sort of way someone could launch without doing that on a marketplace? Oh, man, this is such an it depends answer. Hmm. You know, like do you have an audience? Do, do we want to build some kind of an authority first, but we should have something to sell at that same time, right? Um, can we run ads? Do you have a budget for ads? Do you have organic traffic coming any, anywhere? Do you have uh, a social platform where you're sort of getting traction? No. Do we need to build that out? Um, are you known for anything? Do you have a service which we can productize or where we can sell like a lower ladder? thing to get people into it like it, this really depends on the situation right yeah because because i've had people that you know have either huge followings or um are speakers that don't have anything to sell or authorities with a lot of influence but can't monetize it to people with no traffic no budgets but good expertise to just you know fake it till you make it crowd like i've seen everything right and it's so it depends um, but I will tell you this as an authority, you know, and you don't need to be a big authority. I mean, like, uh, even like a mini influencer, which it's not difficult to do, help, uh, clients do this on Twitter sometimes and other platforms to get you like 10, 15,000 followers quickly. You can break a lot of these rules, um, which, you know, you, <laughs> you're going to kind of have problems with if you don't have a following is because when, when you have that social proof, right? Like with me, if you put my name into Google, you have like 
50 podcast episodes and everything. It's just super easy for me to, to talk with people. Um, but if you don't, like a lot of the reasons why people won't buy your stuff is not because of your positioning, not because of your offer, not because of you. It's just the trust. Like they just don't trust you yet. You know, and what I've seen is those people without any following, without social proof, like often they will have to come up with a much, much longer warm up sequence. And I'm talking about much warmer, could be even 12 months before they start seeing optics and sales. And it's only due to the fact that people just need to see you long enough to trust you on whatever you're selling. And it kind of sucks, you know, because someone else that's, and, and look, Twitter following means nothing. Like I said, we can build it very quickly. And, and some of the, you know, richest clients I have have zero or, you know, close to zero followers on Twitter, but they have other, you know, authority already you know, behind them. But I'm just saying, if you do have that, it helps you kind of, you know, break through that trust issue a lot, you know, because you'll be like, well, check me out. I'm an influencer here. And, you know, people be like, oh, my God, you're getting all this reach and engagement and stuff. You have thousands of followers. And be like, man, if you just knew how this works. But, <laughs> it, 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 you know, it, it does the job, right? So I do, like, show some of the people with low budgets. I was like, let's just make you like a mini influencer there first. I mean, you're going to have something to sell or pre-sell, right? Like I hate building an audience without anything to sell. I've seen that go badly almost every single time. But I'm like, you know, let's let's break some of these rules and help you out by, by doing that part. You know, it's and it's all nonsense, but, you know, it works. Well, you're playing you're playing into human psychology um, yeah. and this whole, you know, books around influence. Um, let's talk about the now that you've brought it up, talk about the mini authority. Um, what are the, the signals, right? So something I'm, I'm exploring is this concept of uh, trust signals. So when you land on a course site for the first time or even just a, a business, someone's website, uh, what are we looking for to signal that someone is an authority? What 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 is needs to be on the page? Or what needs to show up in Google? If, if, if I Google your name, Okay, what am I? What am I really looking for? Is it that I'm looking for that you've shown up on fifty podcasts? What What are some of these signals that um, you help your clients understand need to be there in order to increase your, your rate of sales? I mean, it, it depends, right? Like, the more authority you have, the less you have to care about this, right? So, like, you know, with me, yeah, when you put my name into Google, you're going to come up with all this stuff, right? So, I don't actually have to do a lot more because I've done the work already, right? Like I've, you know, I have all these podcasts and guests and things, you know, and then some people have more, they even have to do less. They can just put an offer with, you know, buy this course and, you know, have, have actually nothing on the landing page. I've seen this a thousand dollar course being sold with just a checkout page, you know, but the less of authority you have that, you know, the more you got to put on there, you know, and, and if you don't have things in Google, then, you know, being a mini authority on Twitter or LinkedIn, okay, that's going to help. Having good case studies, that's going to help. Um, you know, things as, you know, as seen on or trusted by these brands, that's going to help. A good VSL letter on the on the sales page, that's going to help as well. You know, like if you don't have outside authority, you really have to do things more yourself. So like a really good VSL, sometimes I've seen with a couple of case studies will do enough. Um but you know it's you got to get that trust somehow and then the thing with selling courses is you don't have only you know product market fit you do have the product market 
educator fit. So some people don't like hearing this, but you know, I'll, I'll be like, look, if you're selling the same type of education as three other people and two of them are doing really well with it, it could be just you. People don't want to learn from you. Like you're just not, not grabbing their attention as an educator. And that's tough too. You know, so I guess the, you know, the more entertaining and likable you are, the less you need to do of that outside social proof, but the more, you know, like you kind of got to push it, but eventually, and, you know, we've kind of had this for my company, you know, as a, as a business plan from day one, I kind of, you know, tell people to do that is we've always focused a bit on SEO and podcasts and things, you know, monthly, cause it just grows, you know, like, uh, I think in the last two years, I mean, I kind of stopped now. I slowed down, but I've done maybe like 120 podcast interviews. You know, I set up a lot of partnerships and I've, you know, started playing around with the social platforms, but it's not because I had to, like we, we have clients and, and it's much easier building this stuff when you don't need it, but it compounds a lot. And I just think, you know, even if you are, you know, doing pretty well with your course, I mean, I would just, add all of you know these little things into your strategy but just make them easy and i think podcasts are pretty simple you just show up and do it seo it depends right but if you do lean seo it's not too bad too but once this stuff compounds it's just you know that's how you scale that's how you really scale you know so you don't have to spend so much on pay-per-click and, and stuff like that yeah i really like the um what you shared there about compound marketing and just consistency over you know whether it's monthly seo you can go lean podcast appearances partnerships these sort of things uh you know something you said really stood out to me was um how 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 great or are you as an educator <laughs> and you call yeah. it product educator fit um and you're right some people are just not great at teaching some people are just not engaging as a as, as an educator uh, and if you're coming up against uh, someone who's really compelling and great storyteller does it in a fun way and you know you want to learn from that i'm thinking about my university days one lecture lecture really stood out and i always wanted to be at his lecture right mm-hmm. um, and the rest of them were kind of boring and i skipped class half the time so um yeah yeah but but yeah. when you think about this too it's like look if you're the entertaining guy right you put out the bsl you put out all these you know things you know that that sort of touch these points with people like, oh, he's funny, he's educating, he's making me think. But if you're not, the outside social proof can still make it happen. You know, like if, if you go on a page, right? And and let's say you got two different courses, you've got them open in two different tabs, right? They're both on how to grow your agency or whatever, like just something simple, right? Or how to get leads in B2B or, or anything. Or even like a dentist teaching like very high-end techniques which we've seen do seven figures as well then you've got two tabs open let's say let's go with the dentist because that's like a more boring niche you know, for a lot of people one is super entertaining shows you stuff and you're like man i really want to learn from this guy and then you got the other one there's no video he's just got a picture of himself he's like this is what i do um i charge you know twenty thirty thousand dollars for all these things and i'll teach you how to add them to your menu and at the bottom there's just a ton of celebrities that go fix their teeth with this guy. 
and and he's he's gonna beat out that entertaining guy almost every time. Like that social proof is just so strong, you know. Like, am I gonna go with the guy who's making me laugh, or the guy who's able to charge Kanye West fifty k for a, fixing his teeth or whatever, hundred k? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so you know, you can do both, but you gotta kind of understand where you are, right? Like, if you're not that entertaining person, like, don't get on video so much when you're selling. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, right? Like, you, you know, play to your strengths and weaknesses. You're, you're just going to need a lot more social proof, and you're going to have to show people that, like, you know, maybe I'm not the most entertaining guy, but I will make you a lot of money. And the closer you are to making people money, the better your courses are going to sell. It's always like that, man. I have not seen almost any seven-figure clients that I've had where there was not at least one piece of I'm going to help you, bunny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can do courses to make, you know, $200,000 a year or a hundred, you know, doing creative stuff. That's not difficult. I've seen that. But to really get to seven figures, it's, it's you, you got to be a little close, closer to that. Always that I've, that I've seen. That's interesting. Um, webinars, are they still an effective way to sell courses? Yeah, and sure, has- if you're entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing, man. People mess these up so badly. <laughs> All right, so tell me the difference between a good webinar and a terrible webinar. And, you know, I remember we go back, I don't know, three years ago, five years ago, you had these long, hour-long things. You'd be on there yeah. and, you know, and then you end up with a pitch at the end. Um, and now what I'm seeing is the market is maybe just on the online internet marketing space, but they've condensed, they've come down to maybe 20 minutes, you know, half an hour. People have realized that I guess buyers don't want to sit around for all that time just to be sold something. Um, what, what's, what are you seeing like in terms of your clients and what people are doing? What's effective today in terms of yeah, webinars and, and webinar strategy? I think I've been pretty instrumental with all the clients I've had of getting that time down from an hour. I hated it. I always thought, like, I lived in New York for over nine years. You're not going to get a New Yorker to sit down for an hour and 20 minutes of that listening to your bio. Like, nobody cares about you much. Like, yeah, we want to know that, you know, you have the skills, like, you know, and, and you can usually put that across pretty quickly. But we don't really care, like, all about all your, you know, background and where you've been and what you've went through. Like, that's nice. Um for your like dinner parties, but as, as a buyer, I'm not really interested. So a lot of people cut that off a lot. And then, you know, instead of doing that same nonsense of like, hey, I'm gonna teach you the three things or the five magic bullets or whatever. Like, look, the only point of a webinar, in my opinion, is to convince the person watching it. And you should kind of do it like a sales letter. You're speaking to one person, right? Because you, you picked your audience. You just wanna convince that that this person that's watching your webinar, that what you are telling them that is possible, is possible for them. So all you are doing is convincing them that it's possible to complete whatever outcome it is you're selling at the end. You're not selling the outcome. You're not giving them tips, tricks, or teaching them anything. You're just convincing them that other people just like them have done it. They can do it. And you're the person that helped them with it. And at the end, and again, I see this messed up so many times, just one offer, one good offer and anchor it to something else if possible. So if you're selling a course for 500 bucks, 
anchor it to possibly, you know, people working one-on-one -on -one with you that would cost them like five or 10,000. So once they're convinced that you're the guy to help them reach this outcome, that they are convinced they are able to actually pull this off because that's a big, big thing. And webinars played a role in fixing that. And that the offer is much better than working with you in person. As long as the offer is decent, you'll be fine. But people overcomplicate this and just do weird stuff on the webinars. And I see it all the time. What's your take on ClickFunnels and the way that Russell Brunton sells webinars? Because he's got this whole perfect webinar formula. <laughs> I'm not sure if you yeah, come yeah, across yeah, it or yeah. not. I've yeah. seen it. I've seen uh, it. Look, um, and I, I, I look. I, I put out a newsletter every week to my email list, and it's like really good stuff. And every time I give people tips, at the end I tell them, if you are an authority like Russell Brunson or Tony Robbins, these rules don't apply. You can do virtually anything at that point and still sell. The hype itself. Like, okay, there is a show that um, aired not too long ago. And I, I would recommend for those that have you know, strong stomachs because it's, it's hilarious. Like You're going to be like, man, I'm never going to be able to look at some of these people the same to watch it. It's called The Undercover Billionaire. Season two, they put Grant Cardone. You've heard of Grant, right? He was on that show. When you take his name and his money away, the guy could not sell anything, man. He was like tripping over cold calls. He couldn't close people. He couldn't book meetings. He Like all the stuff he's telling you to do, like all this 10X and just do that, he couldn't do it. You take his name and fame away and he was just completely lost. And, and, you know, if you watch it, you'll be just like, man. So Russell Brunson, if you take his, you know, name and fame and everything away, that perfect script webinar of his is going to be pretty much worthless. <laughs> so all in the authority. If and you're an authority like that, if you're that big, yeah. like different rules apply. You know, you, you are then going by many celebrity rules. So I'll even give you a webinar example. Like a normal attendance for a webinar for someone that's weak is less than 10%. For someone that is really skilled, it could be 10 to 30%. For someone that's a celebrity, it could go high as 50 without them doing anything special. And that's just that's just the way it is. And is that do you find that's consistent across different industries? You talked about sort of Muay Thai, you started off with that as a as a sort of industry into you know marketers and agencies and different things are you seeing those figures kind of translate across different types of industries or are they more nuanced? Uh, no it, it, it really depends right because there's not enough hype in the muay thai crowd as there is around russell bronson right because we are doing online marketing stuff most of us in some way and he is a guru in that you know it's like if you're going into the personal development space tony robbins is the guy Right. It's just it's very it's difficult. Like you're not going to beat Tony Robbins. you got to wait till he dies and hope that you're going to be the next one. Yeah. You know, those are just huge. Right. Muay Thai is just such a niche sport. Where, you know, even boxing. Not many people watch boxing. I mean, even UFC, it's huge. Right. But 
who is the main guy in the UFC that's making money? It's Joe Rogan. It's a weird thing, right? And and if he tells you to buy something, and some UFC champion tells you to buy something, who are you going to listen to? Who are you going to attend quicker? You know what I mean? It's it's a weird yeah. thing, but it, it's just those guys play by different rules, and there's just a couple of them. And the sad thing is that they're the ones teaching people, you know. And this is why I mentioned Grant Cardone, right? Like he's teaching all of these thousands of people about like powering through this stuff and 10xing and stuff and then you watch him on that show and you're just like dude you're pathetic like you can't close a simple three thousand dollar sale and you're like you know and then he's even whining on the shows like you know if i had my name and my money yeah dude like if anyone had your name and your money the rules would be different right but that's just a reality you got to kind of see for what it is this is why i say like do not trust internet marketers too much yeah, especially if they're too big, because what works for them <clears throat> will not work. I'll give you one more example. You've heard of traffic and conversions, right? Ryan yep. Dice. Yep. So Ryan Dice, based on his fame, conference, and very warm audience, was able to master the $7 tripwire. Very quickly after that, every single other you know wannabe marketer was selling the concept of a $7 tripwire. But I know a lot of them, and almost none of them could make it work, and neither could their clients. The only guy that made it work really well was Ryan Dice, the guy who came up with it and was working by much different rules. And that's the thing about learning from these guys, right? Like you're, you'll have like a sort of like a monkey see, monkey do, but no one's actually doing it really well. And if someone you know on top comes up with an idea. Everyone's going to be like, yeah, this is the new way of doing it, but they can't make it work. They're just selling you on it. Yeah, I like that. You really need to pay attention to who's selling to you. <laughs> well, I mean, so so look, like you got to understand, like, are the rules that they're working by applying to you? If you are a new Amazon seller, right? You are not competing with Jeff Bezos. You're not in the same ball game. You're not in the same. You don't even have tickets to the game. Hmm. But a lot of the guys are just like, you know, I'm building the new Amazon. But I'm like, dude, you're not doing anything. Really? <laughs> I mean, you know, like you can't compare yourself to, to you know, what these guys are doing. So with Russell Bronson, I mean, talk about anchoring. Hmm. What's he charged now for his in-person marketing setup which is probably worth like twenty thousand dollars he's charging a million now it's crazy <laughs> but that's that's anchoring right so on his webinar when you think about all the fame the hype and his authority and then he anchors you can get this for 300 bucks or you can get me in the room for a million i mean dude come on now if you try to pull that off people are going to laugh you out of that webinar yeah you know what I mean? So it, this is like a very tricky thing to kind of, you know, show people because they're all writing this like, yeah, Russell Brunson's amazing. He is. He's a great marketer. He's got a lot of tips in there. A lot of great stuff. But just know that the stuff that's working for him is probably not going to work for you. There's stuff in there that you can really take away. And, you know, if you look at his like older stuff, but right now you're not competing with Russell. You're just not. The guy's yeah. got a $40,000 a day budget for AdWords. You're not competing with Russell. Trying to tackle the Giants. I, I think 
you know, my takeaway from this is if you're selling a course, uh, either you've got the authority, which is what you talk, talked about, you're a mini celebrity of some sort or whatever you're doing there, um, or and or you have results. You can actually demonstrate results. You know, I ran an SEO agency. We had, you know, here's three case studies of clients that we helped them double their traffic or whatever it is in 12 months or whatever the time frame is. Uh, and then from there, and then what I'm selling you is, you know, my strategies and how we did that. So now you're talking from experience um, and that's much more compelling than, than a guru going out there and going, you know, or Russell Brunson talking about selling his next an SEO course, right? And you're yeah, like, well, yeah, so, right? Yeah. So there's there's always going to be a couple outliers, right? Because someone probably watching this is like, yeah, but I've seen, yeah, I know I've seen them too. There's always someone that <laughs> just comes into a weird niche. Like, you know, they just have some kind of a knitting group that's super, super engaged and they're selling knitting courses and they're making five, six figures. They're not going to make seven figures with a knitting course. Trust me on that. But five, six figures with one good channel, one good small niche, it's possible. But for most people, and, you know, like I said, the closer to money you are, the better. So... I see a lot of service providers and coaches moving into these types of things, right? And then the path you kind of want to take to make this work really, really easily, because you're going to build an audience along the way, is first you trade time for money, right? You do one-on-one, -on -one, we do it for you service. Then you switch to a do it with you service. So you sort of like, you know, have some templates, things in place. Then you move to a coaching one-on-one -on -one service because now you have everything and all the SOPs then you move into a group coaching type of move and when you have the group coaching the people that cannot afford group coaching should go into your online course sells every time you know so that's like the path for a coach you know but but you're gonna have to make sure that before you move and this is a little harder of a move from the one-on-one -on -one coaching to group coaching you really have to have enough iterations that you know when you put the group in, you can still help everyone get results. And then it's easy, then it's super easy. But that's that's the block for a lot of them. Like a lot of people can't move from just one-on-one -on -one to like a group coaching and still show results. Um, but that's the easiest path for, you know, like the average Joe listening to this. Yeah, I question that I get the pathway and I've seen that work for, you know, people in our community and whatnot. Um, the challenge I see is, yeah, can you adequately deliver or, or help your clients get results if you're moving from one-on-one -on -one to group, right? Because now you're yeah. reducing the amount of time you're spending with them, getting to know their business, getting to know their challenges. You know, if you're doing fund audits, if you're doing whatever whatever it is, you're, you're, you know, you maybe you're a financial coach and you're looking at their financial systems, right? So, um, and that's where I see people, I see, I see the gurus selling, hey, go switch from one-on-one -on -one to group because you have yep. more leverage, right? And we all want the leverage, we want more time, we want less time spending with clients, more time doing fun things and more money, obviously. Um, but if you can't get the results, right? That's a big problem. Like, you know- yeah, That's that, why that, I said, that, this is the challenge. This is why that stops people, just like you said. It's, it's, it's the toughest thing going from the one-on-one to group coaching. So if you can't make that leap, making a leap to an online course is gonna be even more difficult. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's kind of the path. If you cannot get that step right, it's not going to be a slam dunk. I'm talking about a slam dunk for people, right? Yeah. You know, and, and some things are just extremely difficult. Like, okay, personally, I have not, and I probably never will, create an online course on how to market online courses. 
I can do it on, on, on smaller parts of that, on like how to create the lead magnet and stuff, because I know how to make sure that if I show it to you, you'll get it right. But there are so many different variables and actually the entire marketing part. And, and I see this with my clients. I can group coach you guys. I can show you how to um, write a warm-up email sequence and connect it between, you know, get the, everything right. But if I don't audit this thing, it's going to be a mess every single time. I just have never seen anyone come up and be like, okay, this is great. You've done it 100%. So there are certain things which just don't really, like like marketing an online course is too big of an ask for someone to like, you know, it's going to be, like I can convince you that you're going to be able to do it just because I'm a good sales guy. But I know that you're going to mess it up. And, and for those reasons, I would not put out a course like that. But something like, you know, um, if you need to get your traffic right, that's a much easier ask. Right. Yeah. Like if I can, I can kind of start showing you like where people hang out and how to um, position your stuff to get their attention and how to best set up these campaigns on different platforms. That's much easier. But but something like a like marketing a course is just too big if you mess up the lead magnet it's not going to work if you mess up the warm-up sequence or webinar or sales page or your positioning or your offer or your pricing or i mean there's just so many things and i i, I would be like there's just no way even if i show you exactly how i do it and if i show you 10 examples that that you're going to get it right it's just almost based on my experience so that would be just something too big for me to, you know, like I, I've seen gurus do this, but yeah, the results are barely like, like so, so what would happen is like, it's like Sam Owens, right? He would put out something like this, something so big, but in the end, only the people that go into his group coaching where he'll charge like 15 or $20,000 and get like seven people in the group and like his team helps them with, those are the only ones that succeed really. <clears throat> That's so there's going to be a big upsell on a big upsell on the back end of that, right? Like I would do a course and be like, well, I know almost everyone's going to fail, but just have like a good concept in their head. And then mm. I can move them into my very expensive group coaching and my team's going to do that anyways. So it's, it's just like an extra stepping stone at that point where like, okay, you don't trust me enough to pay me 20 K. So, but you'll trust me enough to give me 2 K I'll show you how much work this is. And then you're going to pay me the rest. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's more of the play when you see there. Um, so we, if you cannot move from like the one-on-one -on -one to group coaching, like, yeah, you're going to have to be a little creative if you want to pull this off. I don't have experienced that. I mean, I haven't sold anything at like 50K or whatever Sam Owens is selling, but um, like I've experienced getting people to the point of understanding that, hey, you just don't have the necessary background or understanding to go and implement a sales funnel. Like I can teach them these are the different components of a landing yeah. page. These are this is lead pages or whatever these tools are. Um, but then you know, I remember doing this, I did this oh, maybe a few years ago now, uh, and people just got stuck. Like like it was literally it was meant to be a six week, you know, yeah. I work with you over six weeks, uh, and no one got through the first module because they just got stuck and was like, I can't do this. Um, and it was just easier for me to go, Well, how about I just implement it for you and you just pay me to implement implement that for you? Um, yeah, yeah, that's completely right. Yeah, yeah, that's completely right. So this would be more of like a stepping stone for you, right? Like you're selling it, you know. Again, you anchor it to your pricing properly, 
you know, if I'm charging 30K for it, I'll give it to you for maybe 1500. You know what I mean? Like I'll, I'll teach you exactly what I do, but in the end, I know that you're going to need me anyways. Right. So it's, it's, like I said, it's a stepping stone play. Like there's just certain things like that. And is that what you're seeing as a, I guess an evolution in online courses is more of the cohort and implementation, what you call it done with you type scenarios. Is that becoming more relevant now? It's becoming, it's think... becoming popular. Yeah. It's yeah. becoming really popular. Like, like if you look at the rite of passage, because he's doing a really good job with it. Uh, I think it's David Perel. Um, when he started, I think he had maybe like 20, 30 people in each cohort. Now it's like, 200 or 150 like he's making probably like a seven figure bit but it's you know it is cohorts right so he's got to actually teach it's like a university schedule he'll set this up with his team and he'll do a three month or i don't know how long but you know he'll do that and i've seen this work with uh quite a few of um my clients as well like we've done boot camps and you know the first boot camp maybe got like five ten people some sold out but it, it depends again authority everything but you know Get smaller second one we get like 40 and then by like the six seventh iterations they're like you know, they're making a lot of money um but again this is you know like you're teaching you know you have a schedule it's not really an online course where you have no fulfillment and it's you know it's, it's a bit of a different play they are more popular yes yes mm. but but you know the reason a lot of people get into courses is i just don't want to fulfill anything yeah yeah i get it i, I get the, the psychology i think it's just personally i don't want to have a situation where i have 100 refunds because they couldn't get results like you know here's here's a bunch of knowledge for you it's like i'm selling you a book right but i'm just selling it with yeah. you know, and it's like yeah, you know, yeah. yeah for for some things you kind of and and you know for writing especially you know like uh, if you really want to become a good writer and get traction, the reason the cohort works is because other people will kind of look over your stuff, give you advice. David will do his thing. And when you put your content out, these other highly engaged and there's, you know, everyone's got something to win here. They're going to help you promote this content because then you're going to help them promote their content. You know what I mean? So this is a big traction thing too. Mm -hmm. And when someone does this for a while, now, I'm not sure if David does this, but I've seen someone else do it. They will set up an alumni thing, right? Yes. So there's a guy, uh, Peter Shankman, who's done this for Shank Minds. He sold the Help a Reporter Out business. Correct. And he was actually able to charge people to be in the alumni because the alumni was so powerful in a way. And people would join whatever he's doing to get into the alumni. And then he would also charge them for in-person events where the alumni from each city would show up and him. And he made a pretty big business out of his, out of this whole thing, out of just, you know, doing the public speaking at books that he does. Yeah. So there's just, there's a lot of play you can do, you know, and like with David, I, I would imagine he has an alumni of like what, 2000 maybe writers now. And, you know, that's pretty powerful to get into, right? Like people that have a lot of traction and kind of want you to succeed. That's huge too. Yes, absolutely. Because, uh, yeah. I, I mean, that, that just opens the doors to refer opportunities, job referrals, hiring. You, know, you can create a job board in there and sell that. There's a lot of things you can do once you have that audience um, and that network. 
Uh, yeah, which... yeah. So that's that's a good thing about cohorts, right? That's why you know a lot of them are working well because if you get into a copywriting cohort and you come up with a sort of niche thing that you do, that itself could launch you into a business. Just yeah. you know having like eight people who spent four k to be in this thing and are running businesses, they'll be like, hmm, maybe we'll just use you. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's one of those things. Yeah. So yeah, they are very popular now. I agree. There's actually a few apps, right, coming out now that only do cohorts. Was it Circle, I think, and, and yes. a few other, I think. Yeah, yeah, there's just cohort. Um, actually, Sam Owens just came up with one. I don't know if it's a cohort-based, but he put like a, it's called School. I looked at it a few times. And he combined a calendar, community, and course into this one platform. So I think it also kind of helps. And, and he put some gamification in it, too, so... You have a leaderboard and stuff, but you know it's it's a cool little thing that he's pulling off. But I do see platforms making these weird moves now, right? Like they're all niching into their own spaces and like you know we do this better and we help you with cohorts, we help you with gamification. You know, it's it's, it's interesting. Yeah, it usually starts with that consultant coach first to service, and then it moves into SaaS, and then it's yeah, you're right because then they then they can sell it multiples, they can get investors and all these different things. I come well, from you've that. got the audience and money now, right? So that's yeah. the good thing here, you know. But but again, yeah. different game that he's playing. But still, you know, when you watch the new platforms being launched, it does show you a bit where the industry is moving, right? So, you know, like when the when New Zendler came out, like you know, it was like a cheaper version of Kajabi, where you can do everything in one platform. But then they didn't have some of the options, so Circle came in, and like there, there's always something happening, which which you can kind of. When you see a new platform come out and it's getting a lot of traction, you should watch what kind of uh, type of courses and, and things that are happening on there because that's often the new trend. Now, you don't need to jump onto it, you know, because I see people still selling old school courses fine. Mm -hmm. But it, it's worth, you know, paying attention to. It could give you some ideas too. Yeah. And cohorts I like for a reason that it's much easier to create urgency to have people to buy. Because if you have a course that's selling evergreen all the time, it's hard to say, you know, hey, if you don't buy it in seven days, it's it's not going to be full. Come on, that's a course. But a yeah. cohort, if you miss this one, well, maybe the next one's in three months, six months, or a year. You know, it's much easier to get people kind of on the fence, be like, well, no, maybe I should join now. Or not only am I not getting this, I'm losing a year of my life. <laughs> Absolutely. We need to push <laughs> to actually take the action. Um, you, you talked about uh, lead magnets. I know it's something that you specialize on, Tom. So uh, what's what's kind of working now? Have we moved on from PDF eBooks, you know, being the thing? Uh, I'm seeing a lot more like quiz funnels and uh, much more interactive type lead magnets. Uh, what's, yeah, what are you seeing in terms of what's make, getting traction for, for, for people and, and what... Um, what makes a great lead, lead magnet versus what sucks? Yeah, this really yeah. depends too. Like we've, we've done a lot of different things. Um, the main thing that you don't want to do is in the lead magnet, let's start with this because people do it all the time, is you don't want to teach a portion or the same thing that you're going to be teaching in your course. Like you don't want to start educating in your lead magnet. That's a horrible thing to do. Often people will, you know, because I've seen it's like, you know, a PDF book on um, how to meditate, then we're going to sell you a meditation course. Well, why would I buy your meditation course if you just gave me a book on how to meditate, you know? 
I'm going to put that book on the shelf and check this off in my head. Most people will never look through the book, but they're not going to buy your course because if they look at the warm-up sequence and you're like, hey, I'm going to teach you meditation. Like, well, I already got your free book, you know, and there's just zero urgency there. So, you know, the lead magnet, like, okay, with the webinar, you're convincing someone that what you're, you're selling is possible for them to achieve. With a lead magnet, is more of a framing um, play, you know. And, and this again, it's so different for every niche. But you know, if you're teaching someone how to do SEO, it could be you know first how to perform an SEO audit and see everything that's wrong, and we're going to teach you how to fix all that in the course. You know, it's more of a framing thing. If you're teaching people how to do twenty pull-ups, and I've seen courses do this. Um, the lead magnet would be, you know, how to strengthen your wrists to make sure you can even pull up the first one. Mm. You know, there's, it's more of a framing issue, but the types, oh man, it, it really depends. Like we've actually had, we've had many courses work after very, very short. We've had still PDFs if you just do the framing properly, right? You've got to get creative with this, but, but they work just fine. We've turned some more expensive courses into just straight up application pages. There's no lead magnet whatsoever. The lead magnet is that you apply, and then once you get accepted, the warm up sequence starts. We had a couple so with quizzes, yeah. right? With just a couple questions. And then based on those, you're getting, yeah, it really depends on the niche. This is so difficult to just give like a broad. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but it's interesting to hear just a different types of, of um, access points or entry points into the funnel. Because I think, yeah, I've seen that too, where you run an ad and the ad goes straight to an application page. Um, yeah. but because, because the brand has a ton of social proof, it has whatever, you know who the seller is. Uh, maybe the, you've been retargeted because you're on their list or you've read that, you know, gone to their site. Um, Digital Marketer does this really well, for, as an example. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right, and so, uh, I'm even talking about like Dynamite Circle and, and, and the way they advertise through the podcasts and then through their events and whatever else and partnerships and local events, you know, they do those as well. So, um, yeah, but yeah, they don't have I a think, say, yeah. Yeah, I think just the main thing is like, you know, just stay away from those, like, you know, um, the three things that every dentist should know or the, you know, the, like all, all those, that, that stuff doesn't work anymore. Like people are not going to give you an email to to hear about like, the one thing you need to know about your finances or something, it's just no, nobody cares, you know? And yeah. even those courses, they usually fail. Like something like, you know, I'm going to teach you the foundations of finances. Like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> you know, there's no outcome there. I've, I know I've seen this so much, man. Like people come to me like, I have this course, it's not selling. I'm like, yeah, no wonder why. Because your course doesn't there. work. <laughs> no, it's just, there's nothing there. This is like a five minute YouTube video that I could watch. You know what I mean? Like there's just nothing there. Like, yeah, I'm going to teach you how to, manage your finances what, what does that even mean i want to teach you how to be happy what like what what is happiness right there's there's just stuff which you know which is very like if it's too vague it shouldn't be a course in the first place but then like if you're going to teach me <laughs> the basics in the lead magnet about your basics course already like what is the point of this whole thing now, but, but you know, these things, like, I see them all the time, right? And, and people wonder, like, why it's not selling. Well, I mean, well, your offer sucks. Lead Magnet already gave everything away. What's the point? 
you know, yeah. like, like there's, there are different things you're doing along the way, right? Like initially you're just grabbing someone's attention from the ad. Then you got to kind of, you know, get them framed into like the mindset that like, oh, this is interesting, like planting a seed type thing, right? Then you got to convince them that it's possible. You do this through a warm-up sequence or through a webinar. The sales page, that's when you actually start selling the thing, really. And it's got to be, you know, I mean, it's like a sales script, except you're not around to handle objections, so it's got to be pretty good. And then you got the checkout process, and that's got to, you know, have a couple elements, hopefully, you know, which... And this is what I don't like about Teachable and Thinkific in some ways. They have that stupid two-step checkout process. Yeah. Where someone enrolls into a school, doesn't even know that they haven't bought the course yet. Then they're confused because, well, I haven't paid. Like, it's just, it's it's weird, man. Like, things need to be streamlined for good conversions. But, you know, that's what I mean. Like, these steps all need to make sense, right? It's You're still selling to a person. Mm-hmm. Right. Like people think it's like these numbers or this audience. No, there's no, it's people, you know, it's individual people sitting in front of a monitor and going through your stuff. So if you can't even go with through your stuff without laughing, think about what they're doing. You know, because it's still people. It's still people. Yeah. And I think that concept gets lost in this internet marketing thing. Because I've had this asked me, like, do you think I can have a great business without ever speaking to anyone? Like, you, do, you do understand like that you know these are people you're selling to <laughs> oh, yeah thank you Mr. <laughs> um you talked about just the, the two-step sort of process you know that these tools are sort of forcing on people um what what do you recommend instead in terms of tech or, or platforms that are working well so like this is this is you know kind of hard if someone's starting out yeah um maybe just use gumroad you know if mm. you're just starting out like just make sure you have a sales page and an easy checkout process now look thinkific and teachable they're great as hosting platforms you know in some ways um, as as sales page builders and checkouts not so much and i mean i, I know both of these companies pretty well and i you know we have talks about this but you know, it is what it is. Look, they're hosting platforms. So initially, maybe you use their two-step checkout process, but you'll have like a warm-up sequence and another sequence like, yes, you enrolled in the school. You did not actually buy the course. Do that here. It's another step. You're going to lose conversions, but you know, whatever. You can try. Some of them do have that, you know, like you can try their one-step um, checkout. It's, it's still in beta. I don't know why. It's been like years. Um, it works okay. I see a lot of other people making more money. They'll use something like Thrivecart or yeah. a different platform and just zap people straight into the courses. They don't want anything to do with their, you know, blogging, sales page, or checkout aspects. You know, you can move, move to something like Kajabi, which kind of lets you do everything, but it's still slow and clunky. It's easy to set up, but it's just a slow and clunky tool. ClickFunnels even worse, um, especially for tracking. ClickFunnels sucks for tracking, granular tracking. But look, all these tools do you know do their job, but it just depends on your budget. And you know, the more money you're making, the more you're going to move towards like custom stuff. Yeah. yeah. You know, eventually you might just build your own tool. You're just like, oh, this sucks. Like it's not really working the way I want it to. And I've seen it happen. I mean, think when you're making like, let's say eight hundred thousand dollars a year, right? 
and knowing if you build your own tool, which is probably going to cost like 30, you can mm. improve your conversions by 7%. That's, that's just a no brainer. You know what I mean? Like it's, it depends where you're at. Really yeah. depends where you're at. Absolutely. All right, man. Look, um, love the conversation. This is actually a lot of fun. So, um, everyone listening here, I think there's now your, what's the best website Do you like? Well, it's the same website anyway, but let's go to smart. Brand Marketing. Yeah. Um, but we market online courses.com. You can check out, uh, connect with Tom there. He's got some free gifts on the site. Uh, and you've also got a podcast. What's a, are you still doing that or is it on hold or where you're at with that? Uh, I do it when I feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> Same as me. <laughs> All good, but there's a lot, ton of good guests and information on there. So you can have a listen to that. Um, but definitely if you want to learn more about online courses, selling, building and marketing, uh, please jump over to, uh, we market online courses.com. Uh, and, uh, yeah. There's a world of things you can learn about this stuff, but I appreciate just the conversations today, Tom. Uh, we've learned a lot about just optimizing for conversion, and I'm sure there's going to be more we can dig into at another time. Yeah, for sure. All right. Did you have any last messages for our listeners here? Uh, not much. I mean, look, we all know what we got to do, right? Like, we, we all know in the back. Like, we might be procrastinating on it, not doing it. But, you know, like, lean into the uncomfortable stuff, man. You know what you got to do to make it happen. 100%. Okay, so I've got one final question for you, which is what I asked all, all my guests. Um, what's one thing that you like to do uh, for your own mental health and well-being? Not work. <laughs> that's, that's the main thing, man. Like, you, look, I put boundaries on, on my work time. And, and the one thing I've done... Um, is just get a separate office for my work, right? So when I leave the office, it means I'm done. You know, like I don't take my work home with me. You know, like if someone messages me and I'm uh, like something happens, I'm at the house, I'm like, look, it's got to wait till the office tomorrow. And it helps. That's the only thing I needed, you know, and don't work on things and with people you don't like. That's, that's another thing I've seen. You know, initially, like you might have to, like a long time ago with SEO biz, I took on any client. Don't do that. Don't take on projects you don't like. It's just there's there's you know there's plenty of stuff for us to do. But separate your work from your like uh, free time. You know that's that's gonna fix your mental <laughs> stuff for sure. Spoken like someone who's experienced it. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand why you're in uh, over there in Thailand now. So. Um... <laughs> Or just this personal curiosity because I'm, I'm starting to do some research now, but um, what is the visa situation and what's the COVID situation over there in Thailand? Um, so COVID is, from what I hear, you know, it's happening, right? But people are getting sick, not many are dying. So just, it's like, you know, you're getting like a seven day flu, you know? Okay. Um, the visa situation is just fine. Like I got the elite visa, so I can stay up to five years at the moment and oh. not really care about anything. Um, but there's all types of visas you can get in Thailand. So many, right? Right. But for me, it's just like, this is like where a lot of the friends I have hang out. Um, and I actually only like being in Europe and the West, maybe like four or five months a year. And I just want to go back to just, you know, my like freedom, which we have here <laughs> in a lot of ways. <laughs> You're not rushing back to Poland anytime soon. <laughs> I mean, Poland is fine, but, you know, other than 
spring and fall and only part of that the weather sucks yeah summers are just too hot now and the winters i mean who wants to be in europe in the winter right and then in the us when i go see my parents they're in chicago oh boy yeah again right like i'm like how many months of good weather do you have and my mom's like ah three weeks (laughs) you know so so i I enjoy going there like i do have a residency in las vegas so i go there sometimes for like a month or two yeah um and i enjoy it but again like you know after a while like i don't like all these like constraints in the west like it's much more free here Hmm. you know like a cop stops you give him 15 dollars and move on right like they're just like it's just much more easier to if you have money you can move through things without any real stress which you can't do in the west yeah (laughs) certainly not here in sydney but (laughs) well yeah i heard about australia you guys are extreme now but (laughs) <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, it's it's just, for me, it's just easier. And I, I I enjoy being in the West, but just not for the whole year. Like, four or five months, not more than, I have more than enough. I think uh, the title for your, if you were to release a biography, maybe you call it Finding Freedom or, or Chasing Sunrise. <laughs> Chasing Sunrise. <laughs> well, yeah, before COVID, I would actually move along with the weather, right? So I would go to yeah. the U.S. in the spring, Till like maybe I would go like May until June, July till September in Europe, and I'd come back to Asia. I would actually just move like that every year. That's fantastic. I love it. <laughs> All right, man. Appreciate your All time. Right, Again, everyone, we market onlinecourses.com. And if you uh, got some value, please do the tweets, do the socials, whatever. Tag myself, tag Tom, um, and uh, subscribe. All right. We'll see you all again real soon. All right. Hey, what's up, awesome human? Before we get started with today's episode, I just wanted to invite you to be a guest on Authentic Influence Podcast. For founders and marketers of B2B services or software companies that want to get more leads and sales online, our B2B content audit interview will concentrate on coming up with practical ideas to assist you to improve the results of your content marketing. The ideal guest would be a founder or marketer of a six or seven figure B2B service or software business wanting to grow their website traffic and generate more leads online. This is all 100% free. So head on over to www.simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash live audit. That's simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash live audit and sign up for a content audit interview today. Now here's today's episode of Authentic Influence. Now, just quickly, if you want to check out the show notes for this episode, just head over to simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash podcast, uh, and you can grab all the links and things and resources on there. And also, if you are a conscious entrepreneur, got a professional services business, working B2B, uh, and you've got an interest in building influence and income through showing up, serving others, and being real, then I invite you to join my Authentic Influence Warriors Facebook group. Uh, If you want to do that, just head over to simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash community. Okay, thanks for joining in, and I'll see you on the next episode. for listening to the Authentic Influence podcast at AuthenticInfluence.co. 